Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's going on, people? Welcome to Paint Points, a very special live draft edition. I am joined today by Tyler Metcalf. What's going on, Tyler? Doing well, Jake. Oh, we're finally here. So yeah. ready to be done with this class, man. And I'm joined by Jack Borman, another Canis Hoopus legend. How are we doing? Doing very well, man. We're about two minutes off uh, the... Minnesota Timberwolves being on the clock. We are live on Twitter as well. Um, if you if you head over to one of our Twitter accounts, you can find that um, at Jake Painting at JR Borman thirteen at T Metcalf thirteen. Am I right? Eleven. Eleven. I was close. Um, and yeah, so we're about to obviously watch the draft. We're we're recording for the podcast as well. So if you are listening to the podcast, you might see uh, hear a few kind of breaks um i'll try and keep it the edits as clean as possible but just so we're not we're not doing a three hour long podcast but um fellas i'll start with you jack uh what what's your ideal outcome for tonight we've got a few minutes before this kicks off uh what are you looking to see yeah so for my ideal outcome you know i i think best case scenario would be that lamello drops to three somehow so if the wolves trade back to three and let's say wiseman goes one uh, or or someone else goes one, uh, Wiseman goes two, and then Lamelo's there at three. Um, I, I think that that would be ideal because then that's when I think you might get the Knicks to start calling, and um, and then if that happens, then I mean then you have a, a pretty good shot there at getting getting a twenty twenty one selection either from them their own pick or uh, or the twenty twenty one Dallas pick that they have. Um, so so that's probably my ideal scenario. And then with 17, I mean, maybe they're going to trade it for Ubre. That's, that's, that's in the news right now. Um, or trade up with 17 and Culver and go get a Coro. Like I, I mean, I would be ecstatic if they found a way to get a Coro. Um, yeah. I, I think he's already a lot better than Culver is as it stands. Um, and I don't really know what else they'd get out of 17. Um, so I, I think it's much easier to find impact bigs in free agency or guys that you can fill in for cheap than it is to find guards. Um, and so because of that, I'd rather them focus uh, focus on guards and wings in the, in the draft rather than bigs. Yeah, I'm with you. What about you, Tyler? What are you looking for? Yeah, and I, I fully agree on, on trading back if it's possible. Um, I'd love if they, you know, if they traded back and got Okoro or, or Denny or Vassell. Um, I, I even like Halbert, and I know I'm kind of in the minority on that. Um, but if they can trade back... I, I think and accumulate things, you know, even if it's once or twice that they can do it. Um, I, I think that's best case scenario. And we all love the Okoro fit. We all love the Vassell fit. Um, but if they're going to stay put and, you know, I, I think at this point they kind of have to just make the home run swing because if they go for fit at one and then they come, you know, miss on the one guy that becomes a superstar, whether it's 
Ball or Edwards, um, you know, it's going to be a huge miss. So I, yeah. at this point, I, I've come to kind of convince myself that Edwards is the guy. It kind of seems like that's what everyone expects at this point if a trade doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, and if they if they can trade back a couple spots once or twice, um, you know, there there are seven or eight guys in this. In, in this top 10 that I would be more than okay with them taking. Yeah, I, I think we all agree that, that trading back is probably the the number one option for us. I mean, you don't want to miss out on the the Edwards or the Ball if they do become a star, but I think the the likelihood that they do is a, is a lot lower than most drafts and the Acoros, the Vassells, you know, even the Killian Hayes type players, they, they really do seem like awesome fits and... Um, I'd love to get my hands on on Isaac Okoro or Devin Vassell and, and come out tonight with that. What what just before this kicks off? What's what's the worst case scenario, Jack? Is it is it Obi Toppin for you? Oh my God! Don't even say those two <laughs> words. Oh man, Doogie Doogie's killing me by saying, "Oh, don't rule him out." Like I swear to God, if if Obi if Obi's the guy, we're gonna have we're gonna be on DefCon five. If that happens. <laughs> so I'd say that's probably my that or drafting Wiseman number one and then being stuck and yeah. not being able to trade it. Yeah, I, I think that's been a worry of mine for a few days now that they, they try and be the smartest guy in the room and, and take Wiseman and it ends up backfiring on them and everyone just stays put and just says, well, you know, you, you can keep Wiseman and then they have to scramble frantically to try and find a deal they just have to deal with a, an unhappy wiseman who doesn't fit on the roster so what, what's your worst case tyler i i think it's wiseman i i don't like the fit i don't like him as much as some other guys i don't think he's the best center in the draft um and if if they you know if they try and be the smartest guy in the room and take him and the you know it'll be like in fantasy football where you have that one guy who takes like four or five quarterbacks, like, Oh, I'm just going to be able to trade these guys for, for everything. And then you can't trade them for anything. Um, because you know, his value will be immediately suppressed because teams will know it's like, well, it's not going to work with him in town. So here's, you know, a couple of nickels for a dollar. Yeah. Uh, I don't think teams are silly enough to, to think that Minnesota really want him and that will take him just, because they think he's he's the player. I don't think they do. Um, just before we get started, Austin, Austin put a question here in the chat: um, trade with the Hornets for Washington, or trade for Smart with uh, trade with Boston for Marcus Smart? I'm I'm team Marcus Smart, no matter what the question is. So, like, if you can get Marcus Smart, even for the if you can get Marcus Smart and one of those picks in the twenties for pick one, I'd do that in a heartbeat. I love Marcus Smart, and he'd be a legitimately great fit on this team. I, I think I agree with you. Um, <laughs> and I, I like Smart. I, I love his defense, and he would bring a sense of toughness and leadership that this team just doesn't have or hasn't had for the last two years. So I, I'd, be, I'd be okay with that. Um, I like P.J. Washington a lot, though, especially his fit next to town. So I'm... PJ Washington and three, that would that would be tough for me to pass on. Jack? What was the question? I'm sorry. I've been fussing <laughs> with a, the settings in here. That's all right. There'll be a few of those, I think, during this. Um, Marcus Smart from Boston or PJ Washington, if, if a deal arose with, with either of those? Give me Marcus. Marcus Smart. Yeah, I need Mar- him. 
I mean, he's just he's he's one of the toughest dudes in the league, and and, yep. and I mean, getting him and putting him with Josh Kogi on the wing, I think, um, gives you got yeah, I mean, gives you two two wings right. that I mean, right here we go. You need so. Oh, I thought that was, I thought that was an answer. Name. Sorry, Jack, I cut you off there. No, no, I just think that that the combination of he and Kogi on the wing would be oh, incredible, and so and good. I mean, you can you'd be able to have both of those guys handle the ball. Um, or excuse me, um, Russell and Smart too, which would just be a home run fit. So, and that, shoot, and that shooting's not a problem with him anymore, as it once was. No. You know, like he can no. shoot the ball now. So, uh, I think Marcus Smart would solve a lot of the defensive issues. Like that, I don't think he'd make them a good defensive team by any means, but I think he'd be a huge step in the right direction. So, and I love Washington too. Honestly, if one of those deals came through, Austin, um, I'd be thrilled either way so and also mr uh or mrs t girl um we are streaming the draft <laughs> just just answering questions out here the people on the where where is this where the where's the chat coming in i can't see it can't you uh, see it's on the right of my screen uh, sorry everyone on the podcast is probably like uh, we don't give a fuck <laughs> <laughs> no i yeah i can't see it so yeah well if you hear me just answering questions to random names Jack and, pod- <laughs> and, and podcast listeners, that's what I'm doing. Um, so it's three minutes. We got three minutes and forty four seconds left on the on the clock for Minnesota. They're officially on the clock. Um, the time we've talked about for months now is is finally upon us. Uh, who are they taking at number one if they stay there? It's gonna be Edwards. Yep. I think they're gonna take Lamelo. I think that I feel like Lamelo is kind of edged ahead as the consensus lately, and I don't know if they they're brave enough to pass on him if that's what they think as well um obviously that's just speculation because i don't know if they actually you know think that themselves but i think i'm gonna i'm gonna go with lamello okay there you go so anthony edwards is the number one pick in the draft he's the newest minnesota timberwolf um, obviously subject to trade, but as as it stands, it's Edwards. Uh, I don't know how um, kind of people can... I don't know. I don't think you can be upset with him or Ball. I mean, I know you can stake your claim in one side or the other, but I think that, that they were the, the obvious top two picks and have been for a while now. So, um, yeah, I, I think Edwards clearly feels a need on the wing. Um, unreal potential... Needs needs coaching for sure. Needs needs structure. Needs maturity. But but all those things, I guess the the Timberwolves are willing to take a bet on because of the the physical tools and the the intangibles that he brings in terms of athleticism and and touch and and strength and, and shot creation as well um, is is up there with the best. So so what are you what are your thoughts on the pit guys now that it's official? And it's hard to argue with, and he he's got the highest ceiling in the draft in my eyes. Um, if you know, if if those engagement issues, if those you know effort issues were just a symptom of him being in the college system and not being inspired or pushed or ever really challenged, and he was never challenged growing up. Um, so I and if that it was a symptom of that, and he gets in the NBA and he's ready to go, ready to work, and turns that corner, then I think this could be a home run. I'm also a little concerned that we're getting Andrew Wiggins 2.0 here. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I think that his ceiling is just so much higher, and I think that his attacking mentality... I mean, we saw that with Wiggs, like his first two years, and then it just left, but I don't know. I feel like Anthony Edwards has, has a bit of a different mindset than Wiggs does. Like, his personality is more competitive, I think. Yeah, well, we, well Wiggs isn't an, an enigma. Like, there's... I don't think... It, it's hard to kind of predict that many people are going to be another Andrew Wiggins just because he was such a strange case, and I mean... There's obviously been players littered throughout the league for years that, that don't have the same the you know the effort levels or the or the, maybe the love for the game that that some players you know the great players do. But I think there hasn't really been one to the level of weeds where it's like his talent was so far different to to the effort he put on a consistent basis. And I don't think that I think it, it's tough to paint Edwards with that same brush, especially since we've never seen him play an NBA game. Yeah, and like one, one of the biggest things that, that I've kind of kept going back to with Edwards was that the best outcome for his career, I think, will be immediately going to a role where he's not the number one option, where he's forced to kind of learn how to play off ball and do those the, and how to do the, like, the little things that contribute to team basketball and winning basketball. So in this case, you know, he's, he's you know, third at best in the pecking order in Minnesota. So I, I think that'll help him because he's an awesome cutter when he wants to be. He moves with off ball really well so really hoping that that kind of propels his development or accelerates his development whereas if he would have you know just been given the keys to the car right away i i I think the outcome his outcome could be different yeah jack thoughts um yeah you know i think that you made a good point in in talking about um you know, made a good point talking about him as a cutter because I think the fact that you're playing, he's playing with two dynamic playmakers in Towns and Russell. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's going to encourage him to cut more. Like he's, It's going to be easier for him to put the ball in the basket if he cuts more aggressively um, and plays off of those two guys consistently. Um, how, how consistently he's going to do those things, obviously time will tell and we're not sure yet. But, um, but, you know, I think that there's just so much to be excited about with Edwards, uh, just from a physical perspective. I mean, the guy is a freak athlete. He wants to kill people at the rim, um, wants to go over people, through people. Um, and because of that, I, I you know, I, 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 you know, I want to see him in Minnesota before I can totally judge, judge what happened there. Um, but, yeah, and I just think the defensive upside is, is real and it's there and it just has to be unlocked. And. You know, if I'm David Vanterpool, I can say, look what I did to Damon CJ. I want to do the same thing for D'Angelo and you. And I yeah. think that gives credence to instant credibility with, with DV. Um, so that th- those are my immediate thoughts. And I, and I, you know, wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if, if he ends up remaining in Minnesota and, uh, and ends up playing a, a big role right away. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think if I had to, to wage over, I had to make a guess. I I uh, think that he stays in Minnesota. I just think that uh, I don't I don't know whether the his trade value is going any any better by being you know drafted. I think that if someone really wanted him that bad, they would have offered maybe something similar than what they would offer now to draft the number one. So uh, and, and I think a lot of teams might even have Lamelo ahead of him. So them teams are probably licking their lips at the moment, hoping that maybe Lamelo falls to them. So. Um, yeah, I, I think that that he's a, you know a safe pitch in terms of you, you're not going to get fired in in five years if he doesn't turn out because 
Um, most most people had him going number one to Minnesota, or at least in the top three. So, uh, do do you think that do you think there's a trade in coming now for seventeen, or do you think they're because I just don't see them them picking three rookies tonight. But but is that the way you guys think? I mean, if they're able to trade back up into like the top eight and get like Isaac Okoro, I think that'd be an incredible takeaway. Um, and yeah. just the athleticism alone that they would have added. Um, to the to, to the perimeter of their rotation, I think would be tremendous. And you know, Edwards projects as a shooter and a scorer, so bringing in Okoro, I don't think would really hurt you know their offensive floor or anything like that. Yeah. What about you, Jack? Do you, do you foresee a trade coming with seventeen or thirty three, or do you think you know? Do you think this changes just anything that you, that you predicted beforehand? Well, I think there's zero chance that the Timberwolves walk away drafting that at all three spots. Um, there's just not room on the roster for three rookies. So, um, you know, whatever ends up happening later on, you know, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens just because it sure seems like Culver's name was getting thrown a lot, thrown around a lot and where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, and it's just so evident to me that he's not a fit whatsoever in Minnesota. Um, you know, Rosas knows that he, he messed up that pick last year and that the pressure is on and, um, and I, I mean, I think on some level it's an abject failure that you weren't able to trade the number one pick um, and and get Edwards at three. But I mean, the, shout out to the Hornets, like they stood pat and and uh, are now probably going to be able to get their guy. I mean, assuming Golden State does what we all expect them to do. So, so do you yeah, think Golden I, State I, take Lamelo? Or, or yeah, do you think Golden I, I think State think take so. Wiseman? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm I haven't looked at anything yet. I'm trying not to tweet. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I haven't seen what so they what they've done. I I mean, I'm assuming that Golden State's going to take Wiseman here, and that Charlotte would probably take Lamelo just because you know MJ gave him that seal of approval or stamp of approval this morning, I guess. Um, so that those are kind of my thoughts immediately, but but I, I definitely would not rule out uh, moving up here. Who, who do you think they're going to take Tyler before this comes in? I'm going to go FDR. I'm going to go... I, I, would, I would be shocked if they didn't go Wiseman here. Yeah, I would be pretty shocked if it wasn't Wiseman as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, they've never really had that true, you know, elite center since they've started that whole... The whole build there. I mean, Bogut was probably their best one, and, and he's an awesome player. But and he he has the potential to be that franchise cornerstone at the center position and be that true elite rim protector if he gets there. You know, who knows? But I I really think that this was his absolute best landing spot for his future development. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, you both know that I'm not overly high on Wiseman, but I think. Um, if there's ever a place where you can kind of, you know, allow him to be spoon-fed by by really great players and not overexert him and, and expose the flaws that I predict he's going to have, um, I think it would be Golden State. And especially if Thompson, uh, Clay Thompson isn't as injured as, you know, maybe kind of looks at the moment, but we, we don't know what's going on there. But, um, yeah, I, I don't mind Wiseman to, to Warriors. I don't think he'll ever be good enough to be a number, a number two pick and, and hopefully that... Comes and bites me in the ass. That's uh, that prediction, but uh, I don't think he's going to live up to the the number two pick. But I do think he'll be a good player. You know, they're, they're comparing him to Shaq currently on ESPN. So uh, <laughs> that's just not that's just not fair to him. 
I'm not yeah. watching it right now, but no, I, I fully believe that the Wiseman's going to be successful in Golden State. Um, you know, especially if he's able to step out and and shoot the three really, really well. Yeah, um, he, de- you he know, absolutely wants to. Yeah, and I know I think that's important. I mean, he hasn't shot it overly well in high school or in college, but I mean, his stroke looks fine. Like I don't, I think that there's definitely a foundation that you can build off of there, and he's athletic. And I mean, the Warriors are going to want to get out and run, um, especially if Clay's healthy. Um, but even if he's not, and, and Wiggins plays a lot more, like they're going to want to run. And, and I think Wiseman, it would not surprise me right away, or it would not surprise me if Wiseman played a lot of minutes early. And if he like legitimately made a, a solid impact for the Warriors, just because of the situation, not even necessarily because of how good of a player he is, but just because of like the fact that you're playing with the second greatest point guard of all time, the best shooter of all time, and like just the most unselfish team in the league. Uh, I think it'll just create opportunities for him to, to be successful right away. Um, so, and, and obviously they have a tremendous development staff too. So, um, uh, you know, time will tell what what ends up happening there, but but I'm excited to see how he how he fits in Golden State. Uh, so so back to Edwards. Obviously, um, this is what you know we're going to try and keep this as Timberwolves centric as as possible. Um, do we think? And obviously, we, we don't know what's what's unfolding with with Malik Beasley and his the legal process that he's uh, in at the moment. But do you think that? this gives them more incentive to, to let him go if they believe that's the right PR move and the right um, move for the franchise now that they do have a, a shooting guard in, in Anthony Edwards. Yeah, I mean, it's what, 7.22 Central time right now? And they still haven't offered him a qualifying offer. And the deadline is tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't want to make a sweeping condemnation, but the situation that was laid out does not look good. And it paints a pretty brutal picture of, you know, who Malik Beasley is as a person. And, um, and it would not surprise me whatsoever if, if he's not back in Minnesota and if there isn't really a trade market for him. Yeah. Yeah. At the least, it it at least makes it an easier decision or for them because I mean, if, it's you know who knows what's going on, but you know not now. Now they have someone that can fill in that starting shooting guard spot as a legit scorer. So you know if they just completely move on from them, and that trade at the deadline looks a lot worse. But it's not like they're they all of a sudden have this gaping hole, um, you know, in, in their rotation. Yeah, and I think that uh, you know no one could foresee Beasley kind of getting into trouble with the law or, or fumbling the bag in, in the most obvious way possible um, this summer, so or this off-season. Absolutely so, fumbled the bag. Yeah, uh, there hasn't been a bigger bag fumbling. That's like a, it's like a one-yard line, like, <laughs> drop the ball behind you before... Yeah, like, he, he was right there. He needed to wait, like, you know, 30 days before going out and committing obvious crimes. So, yeah. Um, Charlotte, we're, we're guessing Lamello here. Yeah, wouldn't be absolutely stunned by a Congo? Yeah, it's yeah. Okay. it's I think it's a good fit in, in Charlotte. I think they needed... Um, they need talent in, in any position. I don't think that, that Rosier is a problem. You know, I don't think that that Monk or, or Graham is a problem, really. I, I don't think any of the guy, those guys are going to change your franchise. So, 
Um, you, you take Ball, he's the obvious one left of the quote-unquote big three. Um, and, and yeah, you, you, you run with that and, you know, you can play multiple positions. I think you'll be able to play the two as well. You, know, you probably won't be able to guard twos, but I don't think you'll be able to guard ones really either. So, um, yeah, that, that's a pretty, pretty easy pick there. Do you both agree with that? Yeah, and he definitely has the most star power. And I think at worst, this, this kid could be a generational playmaker. And, you know, that's if his shot doesn't develop. That's if he is still awful on defense. Um, and if he improves in any of those areas, then he could easily be the best player out of this draft and, um, you know, be that that missing link that Charlotte has kind of kept missing on. And, and really, Charlotte's developmental staff, I think, has actually been pretty impressive. Um, with what they've done with some of their draft picks. I don't think they've necessarily drafted perfectly well the last couple of seasons, but what they've done with, with some of these guys, um, I, I think they have a really good coaching staff there, so hopefully that unlocks something in this kid. Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, they, they, they've developed pretty well, like you said, and, and I think that the Bulls are really good talent. I, I will admit that I'm a little bit, uh, hurt that, that we don't get to see him in a Wolves jersey. I know the fit's not perfect and I know that there's issues and I can see those clearly as well, but I don't know. I've talked myself into Lamella over the last few weeks and after a, a few weeks you know, prior to that, I'd started to to really consider moving up, him up to one on my board and then I eventually did. And then since then, I've kind of found myself really infatuated with the, with the thought of Lamella and... Now I guess it's um, not something I have to worry about anymore. I guess I have to worry about more about what what Edwards can do for the Wolves now. But yeah, I, I do like Lamelo, and I, I think he's going to be a really good player, which which might be in the minority for some, for well for us three because I think I'm definitely higher on him than than you two guys. But but yeah, I think Lamelo will be a really good fit with with Charlotte, and and will make uh, all those those younger players they have a lot better. All right, all right, fellas, uh, well, let's keep this rolling because John Krasinski just tweeted that the Wolves are in talks to trade the 17th pick to Oklahoma City for Ricky Rubio and picks 25 and 28. Oh, sources tell the Athletic. bombshell. We are back on the podcast. What was, Explain that for me again, Jack. You've got the tweet in front of you. We've got it. We've got incoming trades or, you know, reported incoming trades by John Krasinski, the, the man for Timberwolves uh, trade news. Jack, take it away. John Krasinski is reporting that the Timberwolves are in talks to acquire or to trade the 17th pick to Oklahoma City for Ricky Rubio, the 25th pick, and the 28th pick. Oh, Ricky's back. That is the dream scenario for pretty much all Wolves fans, I think. Uh, and I'm not as high as on, on Ricky as, as a lot of other people are, but I think that's that's pretty huge. Um, so 25 and 28 along with that. I, I don't know if they'll try and package... Maybe those and maybe those to try and get up again. Well, I guess not, but um, yeah, it's 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 a big one. What what are your thoughts? I'll start with you, Tyler. What are your thoughts? Um, I don't know. I, I think I would have preferred <laughs> Ubre just based on yeah. fit. I mean, Pat Williams just went four as well. Oh, wow. What? What is going wow. on? I mean, everyone kept saying that four was going to be where where the draft. I like started. it. I like the pick. I like um, the pick. Okay, and he's he's a project. I like him. I think he has he has a ton of potential. But, whew. okay, 
Yeah, so so sorry, back to Rubio. That yeah. that is bigger oh. news in Timberwolves land. Uh, Rubio twenty five and twenty eight. Um, so I'd have to imagine that they'd be packaging both those picks with thirty three to try and move up or for another player or something. Um, I would assume. I mean, Rubio's I, I think a nice kind of stabilizing presence and veteran leader. Uh, maybe off the bench, I would be kind of surprised if they started him in D'Lo. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's he's a fan favorite, so I got that going for him. But I mean, he's he's making seventeen million this year, which is not nothing. Yeah, I don't know um, where the. I guess James Johnson's gonna have to be involved in that, isn't he? I would think so. I think to make the money work, he'll he'll have to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I, I think you know we we love Ricky as a person and as a Timberwolves kind of cold hero but on the court it is a strange fit I think uh, I think he's better than a bench player but I don't see how him and D'Lo uh, fit overly well in a backcourt together I mean it, it is a it is a defensive stopper it is a guy who can actually give you some point of, point of attack defense at the one uh, which obviously D'Angelo Russell doesn't do which which is huge for, for a team that has Carl Anthony Towns uh, at the back of that pick and roll coverage so that's something that does intrigue me. Maybe they, maybe they're they're planning on playing um, D'Lo off the ball a bit more. I think I think you you have to because there's obviously going to be times where where their minutes overlap. Um, I think Ricky's still a thirty plus minute a game kind of guy. Um, so yeah, I think it's a strange one. I think it, it's until we see who they take at twenty five and twenty eight, it, it's it's even uh, more interesting because now they have another. Th- you know, another pick to add to those those three that they already have. Now they have they'll have four if they pick um, all those guys. So something something else is in the works. I think I think something's going to happen with one of those three picks they have now because they don't even have the roster spots to take on four five guys tonight. So right, yeah, um, yeah, that, that's a big move, um, Ricky. When when fans are allowed back in in the TC. Um, Ricky's going to get one of the biggest applauses that, that anyone's ever got there, I think, because he is beloved in Minnesota. Um, and, yeah, I, I think there's definitely... There's pluses to it. There, there's there's negatives. Um, yeah. What is happening? Oh, my God. What have we got now? Jack's our newsbreaker. No, I'm just like, why? What is going on? <laughs> like, like, why? Like, yeah, I, like I love Ricky Rubio as much as the next guy, but like, what are we do- like? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have I, I don't understand what the the deal. Ha- I don't understand the deal. I think the deal has to include James Johnson. They can't be taking on seventeen million uh, in salary without giving anything back. Um, the the fit's weird. The the deal's even weirder, and I still kind of love it. So yeah, that's my that's my thoughts on it, Jack. Give me, give me more than, than what's going on. <laughs> I mean, my immediate thoughts are that, well, Ricky Rubio can't be aggregated with another player, so it's just Ricky Rubio that's coming back to Minnesota. But, I mean, it's got to just be Johnson then. Because if it's just Rubio, it's got to be just Johnson. Um, so, you know, I mean, Rubio will be great. He's, he's a terrific defensive point guard. Um, so I think he'll take pressure off of Angelo Russell in that way, and I think having three guys that can really pass the ball will be will be great. Um, but it really makes me confused about, you know, what the hell is going to happen with Josh Kogi and Jared Culver, because, yeah. like, 
Like he's I, still kind I, of don't, I don't see a world in which you can play Jarrett Call for Josh Kogi and and uh, Ricky Rubio on the floor at the same time. And yeah, maybe so, Ricky, so I'm going to go play a little devil's advocate here and kind of crap on the trade here a little bit. I mean, this front office and coaching staff keep having making it clear with their on-court play and philosophies, the style that they want to play, yet they kind of keep bringing in guys who can't fit that offensive personality. I mean, yeah. Rubio's a really nice playmaker, really nice defender. He can't shoot at all. I mean, I know there's more to basketball than just that, but this front office kind of keeps making moves to bring in these guys who don't exactly fit what they want to do on the court. So, on the surface, I, I don't hate the move, I'm, you know, but, you know, it's like, what are we trying to do here? Like, what what's the plan? It seems a little, you know, misguided unless it's a piece for something else. I have no idea, but I don't know. It, it's a little frustrating in that sense. Yeah, um, I completely agree. I think it's it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And I know Ricky has improved as a shooter. And, you know, just looking at it now, I know we don't have PIPM anymore because Jacob Goldstein was was hired to an NBA front office, which is, which is awesome. But we're on RPM here, ESPN RPM. And, and you know, ninth, ninth among point guards uh, in defensive real plus minus. Actually a positive on that end. Uh, a minor positive offensively. I think that's kind of, that kind of paints Ricky pretty well. Um, and maybe this is just a complete defense move. Maybe it's just that that we need to to shed a little bit of shooting uh, to to get some some defense. And, and they obviously believe that Edwards can shoot the ball as well. So yeah, it does go against a lot of their philosophy. But uh, but R- Ricky is a guy who can play fast, and that's one of the things they 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 like to uh, encourage as well. And I think it's also a a, a pick that. Uh, sorry, a player that, that can play at the two as well. I think you can probably play Ricky off the ball at, at times as well. Um, it's not ideal, but but I think you can survive with him and Russell on the court for, for short periods. But I, I don't think... I think that obviously Rubio is probably going to be a, a six-man type and, and you're paying him $17 million and he doesn't really shoot as much as you'd want. So, yeah, yeah, it's weird. All this tells me is that uh, I don't think Minnesota's done trading tonight. No, nah, I, I cannot see a world where they um, pick at twenty five, twenty eight, and thirty three. I mean, I think there's, I think there's good rotation players in that in that range, especially in this draft. But I don't see a world where they have five players come back tonight and and only James Johnson goes out. Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I. It's crazy to me, man. You know, I I think that that could be a really really interesting move to to help Cat. Yeah, and, and Kat, just like and, give Cat another familiar face. And Cat, like you know, I've spoke so much about uh, Lamelo Ball and and how he would make Cat better. Well, the, the one guy who's ever truly saw Towns drive as a pick and roll partner is Ricky Rubio, and you know that boy can pass and. He he really knows how to set up a big man. I think that DeAndre Ayton can can confirm that he he is obviously talented himself, Ayton, but but he really benefited by having Ricky there beside him. Um, and, and yeah, it's it, there's a, there's a lot of pluses and there's a, and there's a few you know pretty glaring minuses. Um, how long has Ricky got left on his deal? Does anyone know? Uh, two years. Two years, so oh, yeah. Se- yeah. seventeen this year, and then seventeen point eight next year. 
Yeah, so I mean, it's it's not like he's cash strapped you for you know a, a major long time, and, and I guess you you never know what what Townsend Towns thinks of this. Maybe this is a deal that that Towns endorsed, and if Towns is endorsing things at this point, I think the front office is is going for it, no matter what. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely think that Towns has endorsed uh, has endorsed that deal. Um, and I don't think it's it's hard for him to do that just because obviously there's history with him and Ricky. And, um, you know, I really wonder what this means for Nas Reed, too. Um, you know, Ricky was crucial in developing Towns' game. Um, and so part of me wonders if, if they'll leave Ricky out there to run and kind of get the puppies organized with the twos. Um, so that'll, that'll be really interesting to me to see kind of how that shakes out. Uh, and how that works. But the other thing that I think about too, with Ricky Rubio is, uh, you know, what if, what if, what if Philadelphia is like, you know, I, we really like Ricky Rubio and they're trying to position themselves for the next big fish. And, uh, and they have a, uh, they have a really good playmaking point guard that's ready to go. Um, so that, that's the other thing that I think about. I, I think it, I, I, I think it, you know, you can't really think about the Suns just because obviously Rubio was was just there. But uh, but that's the other thing that I think about too, because Rosas is always thinking, you know, one, two, three deals down the line. So so we'll see what happens. Uh, it'll be it'll be it'll be pretty crazy uh, to see kind of how that all shakes out. But but yeah, I, I think also for Oklahoma City, um, this would not surprise me if Oklahoma City is going after Poku at seventeen. Yeah. Um, to jump in front of Dallas and and try and make that happen. So I, I, that's, that's kind of my thoughts from the Oklahoma city side of things. Um, and then, you know, I think, I don't know. I haven't been watching the draft stream. So we have, who do we have at five? Okoro went five. Yeah, I think that was a steal for him. Yeah. Great. It's a great pick. We, we're all huge Isaac Okoro fans. So I, I think on, on that team that already has guards who have struggled defensively, um, Okoro is a great pick. Uh, just, just back to the Rubio deal because, as I've said, and, and there's been a few comments on this live chat about about us talking about the Timberwolves. Like, this is a Timberwolves stream and it's a Timberwolves podcast that we're doing. So, um, it the apart from the fit and the the clunkiness that that we've kind of uh, already discussed, I think it's a pretty good trade just in on on face value. Like, I think they've got a pretty good deal for seventeen and you know, a 33-year-old James Johnson. Like, Rubio's still a very good player and they've got two first-round picks as well. So, um, in, in a draft where 17 really wasn't a, a pick that was highly coveted, I don't think. So, I think if you're just looking at it from, from an outsider's perspective and from a value perspective, um, that's a pretty good deal for, for Rosas. I don't know how it plays out on the court, but, but you know, 25-28 and Ricky Rubio for, for a James Johnson inspiring and 17, I think it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, and I definitely believe more in Rubio's ability to at least contribute throughout a game uh, more than James Johnson's, you know, for a whole regular season. Um, and then I, I just gotta imagine that those two picks and their second rounder will will get moved to either move up or for a player. And it looks like Okongwu to Atlanta. Yeah. So again, <laughs> I was wrong. Uh, but yeah. Also, also reports are Shams is saying it's a heel injury for Clay Thompson. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've seen other reports too from, from a guy who is the first guy to get uh, Gobert having Corona that it's a torn Achilles for play. Yeah, well that would make sense with the heel, you know, like it's 
it kind of still makes sense if it's heal related that it's like in the Achilles region. That's not good. I hope it's not because I love play, man. You want to know it would be sick if we like traded twenty five and twenty eight up and went and got like Desmond Bain. Oh, don't play with my heart, Jack. Hey, all I, I'm not saying, man. I'm just saying. All I, right? just, I don't know if they can I'm take. An, saying, I don't know if they can I'm get another saying. guard. I'm just saying. I don't know if they can take another guard now, though. If you're set on Edwards being a, a two, like I guess Edwards can move up a well, position, I mean, but I don't. They would come off the bench. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But and and we're we're pretty. I'm pretty sure now that Beasley's not coming back. Like it, every move they've made signals, uh, virtually the end of Malik Beasley. So. Uh, I'm not obviously that's not confirmed or anything like that, but but my opinion would be that Beasley's not back. So if you if you could run D'Lo, uh, D'Lo Rubio, Beasley Bane as your guard, uh, sorry uh, Edwards Bane as your guard rotation, like that's nice, man. Yeah, and it definitely helped with their shooting and adding another you know kind of shot creator and just overall just good intelligent player. So I, and I'd be all for Bane. Yeah, um, and the the multiple ball handlers is a, is a thing that I've preached for for months yet, uh, months now, and uh, I love that that there's an, another ball handler. I think I think it's the the what you can come back to with everything to do with Minnesota is that that Daniel Russell and and Carlton Towns both need to get better on defense, and that's just the bottom line. Like if if D'Lo, um you know improves marginally defensively. That, then maybe you can survive a little bit more with with him and Rubio sharing the court together. And I think if if, if you can survive defensively, uh, those two could be really fun offensively as a kind of two point guard, two big point guard, you know, lineup that that can can yin and yang off off Carlton Towns is obviously a, an unbelievable scorer as a big man. And then you've got Anthony Edwards in there who, who's going to create shots for himself and, and can go on. You know, twenty-five point scoring streaks in a, in in a half. So, yeah. <laughs> if, if nothing else, uh, I think this Timberwolves team is looking quite fun at the moment. Oh, the Knicks went Balmaro. The Knicks did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going on a Knicks podcast tomorrow. It's going to be so hard to contain myself. <laughs> you're going, to, you're going to get like the pitchfork committee is going to be out for you. That's wild. That's a wild pitch. I mean, like, I, and I'm the resident, you know, high on Bomaro guy here, and even I think that's wild. Just because they need, like, they need someone that helps them right away. They suck. Like, why'd they get a guy who's already said he's not coming to the states this year? Look at his thing on on ESPN. It just says PPG <laughs> and nothing. He doesn't have any stats there. They're like, yeah, they're like, oh <laughs> shit, these are really bad numbers. Let's, let's switch switch it to high motor and court vision. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! New New York is trading number twenty three Leandro Balmero to Minnesota for numbers twenty five and thirty three. You're fucking kidding me. <laughs> After we spent the 
after we spent the whole of the last five minutes making fun of them. We deserve that. I'm sorry. We deserve that karma. Look at the faces in the group. So this is sad. That. Oh, God. He's going to be so bummed. I told you earlier. Um, wait, I'm going to start. So, starting back up on the podcast here, Leandro Balmaro just got traded to the Wolves. He got picked at 23 Trade to the Wolves for 25 and 33, was it, Jack? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he's uh, a big point guard from Argentina. He's not coming over to the States. Uh, we've all been sitting here kind of make, making fun of the Knicks for the pick, and, and now he's a Wolf. I, I did suggest earlier that this might be a pick they make just because they have they don't have a lot of roster spots, and, and it's a, a guy they can stash in in Europe. Um, guys, tell it, tell us your thoughts, Tyler. I know you're you're very low on Balmaro. How does this what, make sense? What you got to say? So we're bringing. So this is a team <laughs> that wants to shoot the most threes in the league, and last year they made them at you know one of the worst clips in the league, and now we're bringing in Ricky Rubio and Leandro Balmaro, neither of which can shoot and it, they Leandro Balmaro can't even score and he plays with a ton of energy he's a good good passer good defender but this dude just cannot score I, I don't understand what they're doing with the offensive philosophy that they've tried to put in place because a lot of their roster moves have made zero sense you ready showtime on May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm the resident. I'm the resident. Uh, high here guy here on on Balmaro. Um. But even then, I, I find it a strange deal. I, I get the stash. Um. The stash part of it, and that they they probably didn't want to bring in uh three or four picks, but it, it seems like a strange one just because he is kind of just like a bigger Ricky Rubio with with less passing vision and and, and a really bad record of shooting. Um. Jack, give me your thoughts. The, the, you you slumped so far down in your chair when that news came through. Um, you g- traded give us your thoughts. 17 in James Johnson for Ricky Rubio, 28 and 25. You turned 28 and 25 into 23 and 28, and you lose 33 for a guy that would have probably been there at 33. Um, that's just horrible asset management. Yeah. Like I'm sure that the Timberwolves are getting something in addition to Bulmaro because I just can't imagine that they would. I, I I'm dumbfounded. I can't imagine that the Timberwolves would trade up like that for a guy like Bulmaro that would have been there for 33 at uh, 33. Like I mean I like Bulmaro. Like he's 35 on my board, and and I think that he has some interesting upside, especially as a passer and an athlete. But um, yeah, I mean I only thought of him as a second round guy. Um, I mean, unless the Wolves are, are bringing back some type of forward from the Knicks, um, 
this one is is just a real head scratcher to me. Um, you know, I don't know if the Nick the Wolves are gonna are gonna pick up like a a Taj Gibson or like a Mo Harkless or somebody in, in addition to this trade. Well, Mo Harkless is a free agent, I guess, but um, yeah, I mean, I I I am speechless. I there's got to be something more to that. Otherwise, that is just. I, what would it be at this point? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't see them getting another asset. Like Because on the surface, 25 and 33 for 23, I guess, makes a little bit of sense. Like I don't know, I don't know what what the Knicks have to give up. Like Kevin Knox, maybe? Like, yeah, I, I just, it's a strange one. Obviously, he was their guy. Like, And, you know, they they'd circled his name and they, they were going to go for him with which is not something that um that well Emmanuel quickly to the to the Oklahoma City Thunder as well at twenty five which is that'll go to the next piece, but, that'll go to the next um I digress yeah so yeah I think it's um I think it's a strange one Bolmaro I'm not ready to completely write it off but I think it's definitely for a night that I think Minnesota have had a pretty good night I think Edwards uh, and Rubio w- was a kind of nice little duo of players who bring different things and definitely help you win more games. I think Balmaro isn't that obviously because he's not going to come next season, but I think um, I think including you know two picks to get him uh, is, is definitely a head-scratcher. Uh, um, I think that it still hinges you know on the night. I think you know it could bring them down a grade or two on their overall draft grade, but it, it really does depend on who they take at 28. I now I think, you know, they will pick at 28 because I think they'd like to come out of this draft with at least two players. Um, and I guess, you know, whoever you take at 28 is 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 really going to be the, the decider here. If Boston, I think Boston take Desmond Bain or Utah, I think, they, I think they're going to miss on Bain, who's, who's the clear number one target for me at the moment. Um, Robert Woodard, probably, you know, a pretty good chance. Um what are some other guys you you think that the Minnesota should be looking at at, at twenty eight now that that's their their final pick of the night? Bain, Bullman, or Bain Tillman, Ty- Tyrell Terry. I mean, those are the three names that I have. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you short or will, and the, yeah. the Timberwolves still need shooting. I mean, Roses talks all the time about how he wants guys that can shoot, and you're going to try and play Rubio, Culver, Okogi, right? And, and then well, who knows when Bull Merrill comes in? I mean, and then Layman. I mean, who knows if Layman's going to play and if Layman's going to shoot? I mean, good God. Like, I, 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 I want answers. Like, what the hell is the plan here? I know that some people are saying, like, hey, let's just trust Rosas with the international guys. And, like, sure. All right, sure. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's try it. Let's see what happens. But, I mean, there's rumors that Bull Merrill may not even want to come over here, period. And, and, and probably isn't going to be in Minnesota this upcoming season. Right. Uh, again, I, I would not have hated the pick at 33 whatsoever, but the fact that you traded up to get him at 23 when he for sure would have been there at 25, he for sure would have been there at 28, and, and Dan Welsh probably would have been there at 33 too. Like, man, uh, I I don't know what to, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, so 
my my issues aren't so much with the player himself because you know who knows maybe he develops into something and you know everyone has their flaws my issue is with what this front office continues to say and then completely do the opposite i mean we have no shooters in this draft stop constructing a team to play like a team with a bunch of shooters and then bring in zero shooters it makes no sense it makes absolutely no sense to me yeah, and to play devil's advocate, and I don't want to sound you know like the positive guy here because I do I do agree with everything you're saying. I think the asset management, like Jack's been noting, it was pretty horrendous. Um, unless you know there was something going around that Balmaro was like definitely going to go in one of these next picks, and, and he was yeah the guy that they had circled. Um, I just don't understand why they don't just pick him at 25, pick him at 28, like pick him at 33. Uh, I don't know why, why you trade picks to get him. And then, like you said, Tyler, I, I completely agree that, that the shooting, they're kind of going against their own mantra here. But, but I, I guess they I guess they believe in, in Anthony Edwards. That's what I'm gleaning from this, is that they think Anthony Edwards is going to be a good shooter, not just a passable shooter, a, a guy who can hit you know, 35 36% from three on, on fairly high volume. Um, because we already spoke about our... Um, our thoughts on, on Beasley and that we don't think Beasley probably going to come back. So, you know, you, you've lost a lot of shooting. After you gained a lot of shooting at the deadline, you, you've probably lost a lot of shooting here. Um, and, and, and I guess that it's another thing that maybe points to Juan Johan Gomez returning as well, which is not something that I'd be on board with as a starting four. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you I think you need to get shooting here at 28. I, I don't think that... I think if they take a non-shooter... Um, I don't know what I don't know what they're you know they they seem to be zigging when when they're talking about zagging like they they they're doing some strange things. Uh, I I like the Rubio deal. I'm gonna stick by saying that I like the Rubio deal. I like it a lot less if they squander all these assets that they got back with Rubio. Um, if it's just Rubio, you know, and kind of. <sighs> Just a pick that's not going to come over, and then and then a bad pick at twenty eight. Um, then then it gets a lot less appealing. But but at the moment we're we're, we're inching towards um, the twenty eighth pick. Uh, we'll probably we'll probably end the podcast after that because um, <laughs> we, we've sounded off on the wolves enough, and, and, and I've had a lot of fun. Yeah. So hey, let, let me let me do yeah, a little spin zone yeah. on Bulmaro here. Um, so and just like when you look at him and Rubio, their games are pretty similar where they're really good passers. They play hard, good defenders can't shoot. You know, Bomaro is almost a younger six, seven, six, eight version of Rubio is the whole thought process here to just bring in Rubio to try and help mentor and teach this kid who's coming over from Spain like Rubio did. I mean, is, is that the whole point of it? I mean, it seems like a complete waste of assets, do that but is that you know are they thinking down that road yeah yeah i don't know and it's definitely not what you had in mind when when we've been speaking for so long about how important this this draft is for minnesota and how they they really do have a chance to to run the board with the assets they have and to a a pick at kind of each end of the first round or, or just outside the first round with 33 but it's definitely Balmaro would not have been a guy that I would have guessed ended up in Minnesota, especially not when you know you consider that he wasn't never coming to the states at the moment anyway. So, 
um, Peyton Pritchard goes to goes to Boston. I love that. To I love Boston. that. That's uh, he's such uh, a Celtic. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, hey, that is a that is a good pick, and and for me, it's a good pick because as while we're still on the Wolves, um, every pick that's not Desmond Bain, every pick that's not. I guess Robert Wooded at the moment um, is is a more chance of, of them falling to the Wolves. So I think that, yeah, I think the Balmara thing is strange. I think it, there's a chance it works as much as we've kind of uh, shit on it for, for the last five, ten minutes. Like, I do like Balmara, and I think that if that shot develops at all and the, the rim finishing develops at all, and, and that's a big if. But, um, you know, like... I think he can be a good player. Like we say, six seven Ricky Rubio, like that's a bad thing. Right? Like, no, that's six that, seven that's Ricky Rubio is like, a good player. Positive because he's going to be there. But then you know, Rubio's contract is up after next, not the season, but the year after. So is Bomaro yeah. even over at that point? Is he you know not even interested in coming over to Minnesota when he maybe originally thought that he was going to New York? So does he put that off and you know lives in sunny, warm Barcelona for a few more years? And the Timberwolves still need a big, like, yeah. right. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Well, I think, the, I think the big, um, the big seems to be free agency now, doesn't it? Like, Who though? if, and what, what money? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, I the, the mid level is, is where you're going to get, you're going to get him. I still think it's, Holy if they're committed shit. to Sorry, this small ball. I just saw Utah's picking at 27 and, uh, wow. Not what I was... What? That's all right. That's all right. Oh, God. We can talk about it. We can it's talk about it. Azabuki from Kansas. <laughs> oh, my. So now they have two centers who can't defend anything on the perimeter. See, see this... I don't know if I'll keep this on air or not, the, the bit about um, Balmaro, but this was our reaction to Balmaro before we, Jack came in with, like, the bad news, like, and just shot all of our humor down about Volmar and said that he, he's coming to Minnesota. But, but well, now we can talk about it. This has to be Desmond Bain. I know if you're listening to this on the podcast, it might already be Bain or it might be someone else. I don't care that Woodard can play the four. This has to be Bain, in my opinion. He's still the best player in the draft by far at the moment. And if not, it's going to be Woodard or Tyler Bay. And anything else I'm probably going to be disappointed with. I, I need someone and I, I need it's got to be McDaniels or Bay. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think there's anyone else in this range who I really trust as, you know, a pure shoot. I, Desmond Bain, McDaniels or Tyler Bay. Those are really the only three that make sense to me at this point. Jack, give me Desmond Bain. I think he's I think he's the best player that's still left. Um, I don't know. You need shooting. And um I mean, in the, in the order I want him to be taken is Bain, Terry, yeah, Tillman, Woodard, Bay, McDaniel's, any of those guys. Like, it's not rocket science. Yeah. Yeah, you, we can't we can't sit here and talk about shooting and then you know um, not not advertise for for Bain or Terry really can we? Because um, they they're the shooters. They're they're the pure shooters left. They're the guys who are going to shoot over forty percent. You know, at their if they hit their potential in, in the NBA, and I think that's pretty. That's not a, a reach at all to for them to be forty percent shooters. Like Terry's a sniper, Bane's a sniper. They can do it on off the ball. Um, 
their guy, their one of those I think probably should end up in Minnesota if if they are committed to solving the the power forward problem here. It's got to be yeah, Woodard, Tyler Bay, um, Jaden McDaniels. Who I, I don't think Jaden McDaniels can be your starting four. Like, but you know he he does he is a Rosas type, um, you know big wing player. Um, Azabuki is a te- wait. Why is this? Why is this LA's pick? What pick is this? Because uh, trades haven't been finalized or well, anything t- yet, but it'll be going to uh, OKC, City. I believe, yep. right? Yep. Ah, uh, and then to Minnesota. Is it? Yeah. Um, yep, yeah. Yep. Well, yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, they got yeah, twenty. Yeah. They got twenty-eight, twenty-five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Confused myself there, but yeah. Um, as a bouquet and. Go bear, like I don't like the pick at all, but man, that's some that's some hectic length on a, on a floor. So who's who's actually? I don't get why they did it right now. It's just on Twitter for way too long. Uh oh, so okay. Lakers, so Minnesota. So I'm gonna stay off Twitter for the next couple of minutes here. Camp, yeah, I just I'm can't just believe they took Doak in 27. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm happier with the Balmaro pick than like like for for the Balmaro for how much shit we've given it. Like, there's been some strange picks tonight, and that's not yeah, really so my I'm, least like, favorite. Again, like I I have like, Balmaro at like thirty four, so I, I don't dislike him. I have him I have him in my top. It's point. it's the yeah, front in my, in my first round philosophy, what they said, and then all of their actions completely negating what they've said and what they've tried to install in the on court product that's my problem with it yeah yeah i actually have my product is my my, my problem is far more the process rather than the product like yeah i just think it's a misuse of assets like i i don't think that any team that was picking there in between for sure in between 23 and 25 and then i mean probably not even until 28 you would have been able to get yeah, and the only one I w- could have seen would be Celtics yeah. because they could just stash them because they're already almost capped out on roster spots. Well, that, yeah, well, that that's my thinking is that someone, they must have heard something that Balmaro was going to go in the next couple of picks because but and that was their though, guy that they wanted. The like, that's like, the only... 20, I mean, but you could have taken him at 25. Like, the Bucks were picking, or excuse me, the, the Pelicans were picking. I mean, wait, wait, what? The, so the Pelicans are getting 24? Is that right? So they took Kyra. Yeah. So they took Kyra yeah. and, they, and, and they, RJ Hampton. And then they traded Hampton to Denver. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah I did not see that. I've like been trying to stay off Twitter, inter- other than just um, like sending my own tweets. Um, yeah, I might have missed a few other things. I just saw that on the on the screen. They came and gave him a oh, Denver okay. hat. Um, yeah, it, it's not it's not great. It's not great asset asset management. Um, like I said, I have Balmara at 23, which is coincidental. So I am very high on him compared to maybe consensus. And, and I know there's other guys like smart dudes like, like Max Carlin and, and Ben Pfeiffer who do the, the Prep to Pro podcast. Like, they're higher than that on him. They they really do think he has creator, um, you know, creator prospects ceiling in his future. But and I completely understand. Like I did say earlier, and I completely understand why they took a guy they can stash because they have too many players on their roster, and they obviously, 
you know, weren't going to pick four picks. But yeah, the process isn't great. I, I like what you said, Jack. That it's not the player. It's it's the process. It's the asset management. It's the fact that they really need to to hit on this draft asset wise, and maybe that wasn't the best use. Um, and again, it depends what goes on in a, in a couple of minutes here, where where almost at the Wolves pick, then we'll analyze that and then we'll wrap up the show. But this next pitch big for me. I think if you don't, if you pick someone strange, you reach here. I think they're. I think they're going to go with Jaden McDaniels. I. Just I think, think it's going to. I don't know. It's that seems like a roastest thing to do, where he's just gonna, I, like trying. I don't know. It's not. Gonna, I don't and know. I get that. I, I do get that because they they're so deep in the West right now. Like they need something. Um, Tyler, give me your pick. We're about to the picks in. So. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with Jack. I'm guessing Jaden McDaniels just based on positional need, and I they have seven guards on the roster right now. Like, I, w- I would love Desmond Bain. I, I think Desmond Bain should be the pick, but I don't yeah, think Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think Desmond Bain should be the pick. It's going to hurt me that Desmond Bain probably isn't going to be the pick, but I'm going to go with Tyler Bay, which I don't love. I like for the defense side, but I don't trust that Tyler Bay He's going to be a very good shooter. So yeah. I think it'll be Tyler Bay just because I feel like they're really prioritizing defense over shooting at the moment. Um. And, and that kind of rings true with that, but yeah, this pick is going to wind up in Minnesota. It's the twenty eighth pick. We're just waiting for it now. We're all thinking a forward. Here we go. Yep, Jaden McDaniels is a Timberwolf. I don't Let's hate go. it. I, I everyone, you can go check it out. Um, I just wrote a monstrous piece on Jaden McDaniels for my last draft radar. The 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 highs, like I'll just kind of go over it now. The, the highs for McDaniels is obviously he's six foot ten. He can run the floor like a guard, handle the ball very well for a guy at his size. Like he's more of a a big three than he is a, a you know a true big man. Um, Five star recruit coming out of high school. Um, he he can shoot the ball. He he's really good as a catch and shoot guy, and then really good as a as a defensive you know playmaker. He he played in Washington zone, so it's a little bit hard to get a good read on 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 what he can do uh, in a man to man defensive coverage. But but just great at blocking shots at the rim and and disrupting around the perimeter as a long long dude. And then, yeah, offensively, just very versatile, but but very raw, and and that's probably where the where the downsides are. I know we've spoke about the downsides, Tyler. I'll let you kind of tell me the bad things. I know I'm, I'm putting you as the bad news bearer here, but but I I, I like the way that you you've talked to me about uh, McDaniel's flaws before. Yes, I like the 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 good things are obvious. They're in your face. That the shot creation, um, the length. The shot blocking, it's all really promising. Um, but just the way he visibly and repeatedly took himself out of games is really frustrating um, and worrying. And he he got visibly frustrated and when things didn't go his way and his body language was awful, he would commit dumb fouls, Get a, he got a ton of texts in college. Um, so I, I don't know if that was, you know, who knows what's going on in the locker room or in class or you know, at home, who knows? So hopefully it's just a symptom of the situation. Um, and he's just one of these guys that's ready 
to be in the NBA. Because um, if, if he hits, it's he's got a tremendous oh, amount yeah. of talent. Um, he just he just didn't show really much development or growth in his year at Washington, um, either with his on court game or physically. So, you know, how much of that is Washington's or a symptom of being at Washington, who has kind of done this with a bunch of guys over the last couple of years? Um, and how much of it is on him just not really willing to work or loving the game? So I, I, I like the talent. I like the potential with it. I have some concerns about his mentality and whether or not he's really willing and ready to get in and work and be challenged. Yeah, um, I, I completely agree. The, the attitude, the mental makeup, the the foul issues. Like I, I think I, I had a stat um, when I when we did the the big board that he, he fouled out of twenty five percent of his games last year, um, which is just absurd. Yeah. Like just really absurd. Um, so there's there's a real rawness. Like he's really rough around the edges. Um, I think he needs he needs uh, maturity. He needs he needs a coaching staff that trusts him that not only lets him play through his mistakes but also really reins him in when he needs to be condemned and when he when he's pouting or when he's you know annoyed at himself and he starts committing frustration fouls. Like I think that. Uh, I'm iffy whether Ryan Saunders is that guy. If I'm being honest, just because he he's is anyone on the roster that guy? Yeah, Ricky Rubio, I guess. Like, but um, is, Josh Kogi. I think Josh Kogi can be that guy. To be honest, yeah, with you. yeah, that's yeah. fair. He, he, I think Josh yeah, Kogi's a guy who's all about positive energy and positive attitudes, and and not letting yourself get down on on any on any mistakes you have on the floor during a game. And because of that, I, I think that. I think he's going to need to get his ass kicked, frankly. Yeah. Um, yep. Whether it be by his teammates or his coaching staff, um, you know, I think he's going to be a guy who will be an Iowa to start, just because I think he's a guy who needs to build confidence. Because um, I think when he got taken out of his rhythm at Washington, I think he got frustrated and learned how to play through that frustration. And I think he needs to learn how to do that. And I think that that'll be Iowa will be a really unique opportunity for him to do that. Um, he's reunited now. Uh, or not reunited now, but uh, we'll be able to play with another guy from Washington and, Jay- and Jalen Noel, who I think, uh, you know, that'll be really good for him just because there's an obvious an, an obvious immediate connection that can be had there. Um, Noel played in the G League last year, uh, was a stud for Mike Hopkins at Washington on both ends of the floor, um, and is a guy that I think can probably help McDaniels get acclimated to Minnesota as quickly as possible and help him through the whole G League process as well. Um, so, you know, I really like the pick just because there is a, there is a chance that, that Jaden McDaniels could be in the neighborhood of Jonathan Isaac, um, at the very high end. I'm not saying that there's a good chance that that's happening. Uh, I'm saying there's a chance and if he keeps his head screwed on straight, which is a big if, um, you know, I think he could end up being like a Michael Porter Jr. of this draft in terms of, um, he, he went low because of, you know, an injury problem or a personality problem. Um, but you know, this is a front office who, again, has preached constantly that like they've done their homework and they want to get to know all of these guys and who's around them. And, and, and they've clearly done their homework on all these guys. So, um, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, 
you know, knock the pick because I, I think the value that you're getting is pretty damn good at, at 28 with McDaniels there. Um, and obviously, you know, just because of his physical makeup and how good of a defender he was at Washington, I think he has a pretty high floor relative to most other guys that you'd take at 28. Um, and as a guy who, if it doesn't pan out, I still think he'd have pretty high trade value just because of the, just because of the, you know, like the parts that are already there in terms of his physicality and, and what he's shown at Washington on the floor. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, the 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 question I guess I have is is yeah, like you kind of answered it there, Jack. But do you think like Tyler? Do you think he's a D League player next year? Like they need help at the four. Um, do you think he's a guy who's going to get minutes at the four next year? Like, is he a guy that comes in straight away? Uh, I think there's, there's pros and cons. I think how letting him play through the states at the top level is um, is a really uh, benefit will be really beneficial for him. But I also think that he will make a ton of mistakes at the top level, and, and maybe he gets in his own head a little bit. So, yeah, Tyler, do you think do you think he gets minutes on this on this Bulls team next year? I mean. When, when you're looking at the team, who else is really going to be playing at the four? I mean, they don't really have a whole lot else. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, in a vacuum, time in Iowa would do him well. Um, you know, I would worry about whether or not that really breaks him mentally or not. But, you know, if it does, then how, how is he going to fare in the NBA regardless? Yeah. Um, That's kind of but, what I'm thinking. Like, I think you got to build him up first. I, I just don't, I don't think that he would fare well just being thrown to the wolves in the NBA, especially at the four where you yeah. need to switch a bunch. Like he's got to learn how to play. Right. And, uh, and he's coming off a year of playing this super expanded zone where it's like, all right, you got this 10 feet that you got to cover and you're going to be running all over the place and always look like you're out of position. Um, so I, I think he would get eaten alive pretty quickly. Um, on defense, at least in the NBA, I think his shot blocking ability and potentials there. But I, I, I think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be an, a smooth, easy, plug-and-play type deal with him. Um, and I, I'm assuming they want to play him at the four. I just don't know how quickly that will be realistic. Yeah, uh, yeah, I completely agree. I I think they will. I think he will get some minutes at the four just because, but I guess that depends. You know, I, I think this whole draft signals Wancho coming back more than maybe we thought he would, to be honest, because he brings the shooting. He's obviously a, a power forward. Um, yeah, I, I think Wancho will be back now, whereas, you know, three hours ago, I didn't think he would. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's it's a strange one. I, I think McDaniels is... He's the valid, like he's the, the potential play, right? Like, he, he might flame out, but, but you picked him at 28, so... Uh, if he does flame out, it's not the end of the world. But there's there's yeah five percent chance that Jaden McDaniels ends up extremely good with the with the versatility offensively, the ability to shoot, the ability to to dunk on dudes and, and attack closeouts. He's quick, he's long as hell, and then he's just uh, as an off ball Roma free safety type defensively, he's just a menace. I, I agree with Tyler. He's going to get eaten alive on the ball. I think they didn't even. I don't think, like, I watched pretty much all of his games from Washington and I could not find a single clip where he was, like, playing on-ball defense because because of that zone. Like, he just, he would just protect the space at all times and, and wait for the, the two guys at the top of the zone to, to come and take the pick-and-roll 
Yeah, and, and Washington's zone is one of the worst coach zones, despite the coach yeah. coming from Syracuse. It's an it's an awful, awful zone. Yeah, and like, and they were like top thirty defend in defensive efficiency the last few years. But I wouldn't say it's like it works necessarily very well. It's just kind of this year was just kind of designed to to funnel dudes into Isaiah Stewart, and, and even that didn't work very well because Isaiah Stewart's not like the premium rim Pretty protector. Foul prone. Yeah, and, and, and he loves to like, try and swat guys. Um, yeah, which is which is problematic at times. Yeah, well, like McDaniel's, you know, like I don't think he definitely can't be. You know, anyone's listening thinking like maybe he could be the starting floor. Like a guy who fouled out of twenty five percent of his college games can will not last twenty minutes a night in the NBA. Like not not right now. He he's just he's too over aggressive with the blocks. He he'll try and block anything inside, even if it's just only arm that he can reach or, or body that he can reach. And then when he gets frustrated, he he commits frustration fouls and, and reaches and slaps down when he doesn't need to. Um, so yeah, I I think that it's it's a good pitch, but it's one that we need to give time. We can't. I I don't think he, he can't. We can't write him off next year when he doesn't feature much or when he doesn't, you know, uh, I guess, flourish straight away. Yeah, and, and p- patience with him is going to be vital because I, I don't, there are going to be a lot of bumps in the, the road with him. Um, I don't think it's going to be immediate. Um, and, you know, wh- who knows how that will go, but it, it, it'll be a process with him. It, will, it Immediate results, I don't think, should be expected by any means. Um, wow, Desmond Bain just went thirtieth to Memphis. Yeah, Desmond that... Bain is who Dylan Brooks thinks he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I hurts. Can't that, I can't believe he went thirtieth, man. That's insane. That's he big. was all. He was always going to end up on a really good team, and like everyone next year is going to be like, "Wow, how did we? Why did we pass on Desmond Bain? Because he's going to be hitting. You know, he's going to have a game where he hits seven threes in, in the in the Western Conference semifinals or something like." Uh, sorry, Eastern Conference semifinals. So yeah, that hurts. That hurts watching him get skipped on by the Wolves. But I get it. So so, so in back to back years, the at the end of the first round, the Grizzlies have traded up for Brandon Clark and Desmond Bain. Yeah, the two guys who probably fell too way too far. Well, then so yes. is that the, so is that the Grizzlies pick? I uh, know it was it was Boston's pick. Yeah, it's the there. Celtics pick that they sent to Boston or. Boston's pick that they sent to Memphis. Sorry. So, so Desmond Bain plays for Memphis. Correct. Yeah. Geez, that's a good pick, isn't it? Um. Anyway, we're gonna leave it there. I'm gonna leave it there for the podcast. Thank you if you if you've listened. I know that we're obviously um after the draft and we're not live. Um. But yeah, it was an entertaining night. That's for sure. It, it definitely um lived up to the to its its reputation as a draft that was going to be super entertaining and, and so many twists and turns for the Wolves. I'm going to um, probably do a podcast over the weekend with, with uh, Richard Stamen or, or Mavs Draft on Twitter. I'm, you know, working something out with him. So, um, all Wolves fans, Anthony Edwards, Ricky Rubio, Jaden McDaniels, uh, that's our haul for tonight. And, um, yeah, I, I'll catch you on the next show.